Welcome to the Monday Morning Pastor. This podcast is brought to you by a partnership between Missio Alliance and Kairos Partnerships. Hey, JR. Hey, Doug. Happy post-Christmas. Post-Christmas it now is. Now we actually are in the the, the 12 days of yes. Christmas. So we can say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry it Christmas. continues. Yes. It, it continues. So, But this week between Christmas and New Year is always a really unique week for pastors. So what is it that you often feel in these kind of weeks? Um, boy, that's like a really, there's probably some really like inappropriate things I could say about this week, <laughs> but I think if I'm going to keep it clean, uh, it just feels, it's like awkward. Uh, you know, you're, you know, Sunday's still coming, you have responsibilities, but everybody else is off. And I mean, for me, my church is really gracious in the fact that it gives us some space. So mm-hmm. we have some time to kind of, um, yeah, to kind of in, be closer to family, but it just feels sort of weird. Like everyone else is having a great time and you are sort of, you're like, I'm having a great time, but Sunday's coming. Yeah. And, and it doesn't feel like Tony, Tony Campolo saying, I know it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. <laughs> it's like, it's Tuesday and everyone else is going, you know, out shopping or doing something, but I need to stay home and do some sermon prep or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, just a few days ago was Christmas. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Uh, the new year's leaning in here in a couple days. And so it's, I, I always take some time during this week. You know, it's interesting that the month of January comes from the Greek god Janus, J-A-N-U-S. They had two heads, one facing forward, one facing backward. And January is certainly that time to look back on the year and look forward and where we get our, our January. And, and I always think that this, I always carve out some time uh, some of it I make sure is very spiritual and some of it I make sure is logistical and planning, but to say, Lord, where have you showed up? Where have you, where have you been present in the past year in 2019? Um, what were the hard parts? What were the things where I heard your voice or where you reminded me, or you were faithful, even if I didn't see it at the moment. And then also looking ahead, like, Lord, what do you have in front of me? What's, what's before us now? Um, and, uh, and so, uh, thinking through that, you know, this is always a good time to set up goals. You and I talked earlier, we hate New Year's resolutions. Oh, the, resolutions are, are the, made to be broken. They're the worst. They're the worst. <laughs> but we love New Year's goals. Yes. Uh, goals that that aren't pie in the sky, but are really focused on specific elements um, where we're not setting ourselves up to fail, right? We're either stretch goals. We want to be stretched, but not stressed. And so this is something that you and I love talking about. I love developing this. This is a regular rhythm of my journey every six weeks of making sure I sit down and look at, at, at uh, these lists in front of me. But tell us about your goals. And this came back from a previous episode on the Monday Morning Pastor. Right. So tell us about that. Yeah, well, I think even to just take a step back to, to, to let people know, I am not a goal-oriented person. Mm. I mean, I have not traditionally been a goal-oriented person. And so I'm more of a, I like to kind of be a little more spontaneous and fly by the seat of the pants. So when I talk about goals, I'm not talking from a perspective of someone who eats goals for breakfast. I'm talking about <laughs> someone who's been afraid of them for most of their, his life. Um, but I would say over the last few years, there's been a really deep journey when that with, with me learning through that. And a lot of it came uh, again from working for Dave Sharps, uh, who was a guy that we had on, um, early on when in our one. first season. Uh, yeah. and he, he brought this thing out called focus goals, which just stands for, it's an acronym stands for family, others, communication under the surface and your, your shape, which is like your physical body. And I remember being 20 something looking through that, like, this is, this 
is really interesting. It's really hard. It's really weird. And then just after, um, after the few, after listening to that, having that, that interview with Dave, it just really re reignited in me like, man, I really want to re-engage with my focus goals again. Uh And, um, you shared with me something a couple of years ago that I've been using since you shared that that was in 2017, this sort of quarterly goal setting. And so I've really used that a lot. And it's funny because even Monday morning pastor came out of a quarterly time for me away for a whole right? day because I was it just definitely thinking was your idea but I didn't know where well, it came it, from it just came from like Lord like you know I like one of my goals was I had these creative ideas and I need to do one of them wow. and then I shared and I was How like cool. talk to JR we talked to it and I was like so fun to mark that off my list of like and here we are today wow um, how fun is that but I, I did think, not know that yeah but I think for me what's been so great is is it, it, it keeps my it keeps my attention focused on like these are the most important things and so from that I also moved into my calendar on a weekly basis, I have things that repeat uh, weekly. And so even those things like that have just been a way for me to, because uh, I, I can't remember who said this. I've, I've heard you say it before, but some of the effective, you know, people, um, if, if you don't schedule your time, someone else will. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Yeah. Gordon McDonald said that. I've just, yeah. I have ruthlessly uh, worked my tail off to say, these are the things that are most important in my life. And a lot of that is I've had to learn to say no to a ton of different stuff. Yeah. And that's been hard as a people pleaser, but it's also been a really helpful thing. So yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I'm still semi new. I'm only a few years into really being focused on goals and the focus goal itself. It's been um, really good. And and I think one of the things that's been a big challenge for me is to move from being um, uh, ambiguous to very specific. And so it's like, oh, and, you know, like the, you know, I want to do a lot of really good things for God this year. It's like, yeah, that's great. Like what? <laughs> like, what? like really How are we going to measure that? Yeah. Like yeah. we just are. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, so I think for people that maybe goals aren't their natural forte, do those just come to you? Do you do that like five minutes you know, every, you know, quarter, do you spend a day away? Like how are these developed? How do you pray through these and process these? Tell us what that's like. Yeah. I, I spend a half, I spend a day and a half. And so my, my half, the half day is usually a Monday and it's usually the second half of the day on a Monday. And I will take that day and I will, I will just begin to think through like, here are the areas of my life. So if with focus, here's my family, here's my, you know, other is like where I'm, where I'm investing in people that are outside of the church. Um, and you know, communication for me is a lot of the stuff that happens within the church. So what organizational pieces do I need to be worried about? And so I kind of, and then under the surface is like, what am I doing for my soul? Like, where's, what's my Sabbath rhythm? Like things we can't see. Correct physically physically like what's right. going on prayer Who am I really right okay like my spiritual director falls under that yeah. that space you know if i had a if if i was in, in a coaching relationship or i was receiving coaching at that point in time he would follow or she would follow under that fall under that place and then shape is what am i doing physically like working out walking running um you know going canoeing what fishing all those things happen and so i start noodling on that on that monday and then tuesday i'm off i i i get out of the zip code mm. i think that's crucially huge i you shared that with me years ago you sometimes just need to get out of the zip code yeah and that i can't write goals when i'm sitting at my desk in my home i can't do it it's impossible yeah, yeah. i need to have completely free space i don't even bring my computer with me it's just straight it's a no, it's, I have two sheets of paper and I have a, like a physical count two uh, three months of physical calendar with me. Yeah. And I just begin to start moving stuff around and really put it out. 
Yeah, that's so, great. Yeah, that's great. And I know goal. I mean, like Jr. I know goals are like super important for you. So can you share with us some of your like life with goals and like what they mean to you? How you do them? Yeah, I I think uh, I I am wired for that. I have to be careful that I don't let the task become more important than people. And I think that's that's the shadow side to to really enjoying goals. But for me, I just work best when I have a goal. Give me a goal and a deadline. I stretch myself and to be very specific about it. And so one thing that many people have heard before are setting up SMART goals. And that acronym is really, really important. Um, because if I just say, hey, I just want to get in shape. Well, what does that mean? How do I know if I've done that or not? And so to be using SMART goals, uh, an acronym here, so S being specific, M measurable, A achievable, R relatable, T timely. So if I can go through each one of those and say, okay, I want to get in shape, like, okay, specific. Well, what does that mean? Do I want to run a marathon or do I want to lose 15 pounds? Those are two different things. They may relate, they may not. And so that to me said, okay, well, like I got to be specific about that. So there was a specific weight that I said, like, I want to stay at this weight because that's a healthy weight that the doctors told me. So for me, that to me is a specific and measurable S and M um, for smart. That that to me is very important that I can measure that. But also, I go to the gym and swim three days a week, and I swim a certain amount of laps every time. And so for me, that's very measurable. As in, like, did I go to the gym or not? Um, there are some things in terms of eating where I say I'm not going to hurt. I'm not going to hurt. I'm not going to eat certain foods uh, before five or six p.m. Mm. So for me, like I have a smoothie every morning, I have a Caesar salad, most lunches, and I don't eat meat until, uh, you know, dinner time. If that's what's served, that's not because I'm a vegan or vegetarian. I love meat, but I'm just trying to eat a little bit healthier to say, it's not that I am cutting out meat. I'm just not going to have it before five or 6 PM, whatever mm. dinner time is now that I'm not imposing that on anybody else, but for me, it's had to be that. And it has to be achievable for me. Being a vegan is not achievable. <laughs> I love bacon cheeseburgers a little too much, <laughs> but, but or also like, Hey, I'm not going to learn to run an ultra marathon. That's not achievable. That's not important enough to me. That's not re relevant enough to me. And also timely. What I can't do if it's not achievable, Hey, I can lose 15 pounds in six months. What I can't do is lose a hundred pounds in three weeks. That's just unhealthy. And so we have to make sure that these SMART goals, we're not setting ourselves up to fail. If it's not achievable, it's going to frustrate us. And we're going to go, what's the point of goals? This is stupid. Um, is it re relevant or relatable to my life? Does it matter? Yes, because when I'm in shape and I care for my body, it doesn't just impact me physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, uh, even relationally. I get to know people at the Y when I swim, but I'm in a better mood. I'm more open to God. I'm more joyful. I'm less irritable. All those things are really important. That's very relevant and then timely. So for me, in a given week, I'm going to work out three days a week, you know, very specific on that. Sure, there's, you know, when I travel or I'm sick or I'm tired, there are times where I just say, I'm not going to make it today and I'll do it on Saturday or whatever, but I can move it around and that's fine. So for me, that's really important. Like, did I do these or not? Can I... Can I prove one way or the other, either I did or didn't do those? And if I do all those specifics, then it will lead me to living a life where I am in shape or getting in shape rather than just this nebulous, like, I want to be nicer this year. I want to be kinder, right? More kind, you know, uh, how are you going to measure that? Yeah. Like, what does that mean? And so I think even in our spiritual lives, there's a, there's a, 
there's a balance in that because we can't just say, I'm going to be 32.7% more patient this year than I was last, <laughs> right? That's taking the spirit out of it, right? Right. We need the spirit to guide us and direct us. And some of our own growth can't be planned, right? The Lord sometimes brings things to our lives, sicknesses, illness, problems, issues, loss of job, right? Those are all Kairos moments we enter into that we can't always control. And that's a good thing that we can't always control it. So that's something when I work with those that I'm coaching is to simply say what's in your control and what's not in your control. Take a piece of paper, draw a line down the middle on the left side, what is in your control on the right side, what is out of your control? Because I've wasted so much time and energy Mm. on what's out of my control. Then I'm worn out and exhausted. I have no time to steward what is in my control, what God has asked me to do. And it's so funny how small that list of what you are actually in control of is too. It's like, oh my gosh. Absolutely. Like for example, I'm not in control that this issue is a problem in my church right now. What is in my control is how I respond to it right? What is out of my control is the way my children are acting. What I, what is in my control is that I can still love them, yes. you know, or whatever it may be. And so that's really important to me, smart goals, um, on that. And then I do develop goals. I, I love goals. Um, they are kind of in a non-legalistic way. They really are grace-filled. Some people don't always believe me on that, but as they, someone- They are, who, I can attest to that, yes. And, and I, do, I do love pushing myself, but there is grace in that um, because I know that there are times where God opens up new things when I'm pushing beyond what I think I'm capable of doing and really have to rely on God's grace it, through my weakness oftentimes to be able to see some things happen. I don't always hit them, but I want to- push myself, uh, not to perfection, but of just saying, what is it I can steward to the best of what God's given to me? Two books. I know you and I have talked about these books a lot because uh, I love them and and you've found them beneficial as well, is that um, first one is Essentialism by Greg McCune, I think is how you pronounce it, and uh, or McCowan, M-C-K- E-O-W-N, I think is how. I think but, you nailed that. But, uh, but Greg, Greg's book is fantastic. It's called Essentialism. And it basically says that most things in life are non-essential, uh, but those that are essential are what we should be pursuing. And so there's a gift in saying no. You said you've grown in the yes. area of saying no a lot more, which is just wonderful. As a people pleaser, I've had to grow in this area a great deal, but that only a few things are really essential. And so I would, we would highly, highly recommend that book. And then the other one you and I, Doug, have talked about a lot is Deep Work by Cal Newport. Both are not books. They're, they're books written by people who aren't coming from a faith background, but there is incredible benefit that we really believe that that pastors and and kingdom leaders can benefit from mm. tremendously of just hunkering down in a world of distraction. How can we think and work deeply? That I'd try to read both those books at least once a year, which is amazing. Yeah. You got me hooked on both of those books, and they are a once a year read. And normally, yeah. I actually read them. I, I try to begin them either in December or January yeah. as, as my yeah. whole life. So, which comes back to something that you asked me earlier in terms of you know it's kind of that weird week in between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. So if you could like just kind of write a, you know, as a doctor now, you could write a prescription (laughs) for every single person listening. How do you encourage, like, how do you use that time? How do you encourage people to use that time? Yeah. It's similar to you. And I think we both picked this up from essentialism was uh, sitting down for these quarterly personal offsites, you know, to get, and I do love going out of the zip code for me. 
Um, I've actually increased that now to every six weeks because I've found it to be so important. Yeah. I drive, and this won't mean most to our listeners, but I drive down to a Chestnut Hill and I go to Chestnut Hill Coffee You're Company. You're still going there? I'm still going Dude. there. I go upstairs. Uh, I put in my earbuds. I order a vanilla latte and a chocolate croissant. And I sit there for four hours, no computer, no phone. And I just sit there. Uh, well, my phone's on airplane mode because I do have my earbuds um, and listen to classical music. And I look at the last three months. Where did my time go? I look at the next three months. What have I already committed to? And saying, Lord, what is it that you want me to invest in terms of my time and energy uh, moving forward? What are the opportunities in front of me? Even graciously, can I decline or get out of some things that maybe I've said yes to for the wrong reasons, said yes to too many things. And so that's really important. And I have as low tech as you can get, I developed these two index cards and I've got <laughs> mine right in front of me here that I look at regularly. And I develop them as the guardrails for what I believe God is calling me in for the next six weeks. And so I've got things right at the beginning, my life goals, I've got four life goals. That's sort of the sharp tip of the arrow that everything that I do should flow from these four things. And uh, it's very specific. And and uh, so that's that's there. And then also dailies. I've got a list of things that I do every single day. Some of them, you know, in, from when I wake up to another one that I learned from a, from another book, um, scripture before phone, that I'm, I'm in the word before I'm looking at the phone. Gratitude journal. We've talked about this uh, on the podcast before. Read for at least 30 minutes. Breathe deeply. I'm a recovering shallow breather. And so for me, I've just reminded myself, just doing that is just good, not only for the body, but for the, the mind and the soul uh, as well. I have to be reminded of that mm -hmm. because I, I breathe so shallowly in what I'm doing. And then one meaningful conversation with each family member every day before my head hits the pillow at the end of the day um, is really important. I've also got weeklies, things that I need to make sure I'm doing. Some of those are swimming three days a week on here. That's number one, swim three days a week. Um, and then also, um, I've also got, you know, monthlies uh, and quarterlies that I want to see happen. But for me, I have six things in six weeks. I picked that up from a leader and it's been really helpful to say a month feels too short sometimes, quarterly sometimes feels too far away. But if I could stretch myself with six things, even things I know need to get done, but I don't necessarily want to do them that hard conversation with that person at the mm. church, that uh, thing I have, you know, I have to go shopping for a car or whatever, you know, our car's about to, you know, conk out. I don't like shopping for a car. I got to do a bunch of research on that or whatever it may be. Uh, write the finish writing that article, you know, that I've been working on for a while. And so for me, that's really important to have on here. I look at these, they are in my little notebook that is in my back pocket every day. So I pull these out regularly. Um, even the long game, what I want to do, just turn 40. So what I want to do before I'm 40, before I'm 42, before 45, before 55, and God willing, uh, by the time I die. Mm -hmm. And so the long game um, is really important to me. So and then I've got yearly goals and just trying to work through uh, some of those yearly goals um, has been really, really important. Yeah. So some people would say, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm breaking out in hives, how claustrophobic <laughs> I feel by all this. But for me, it actually provides great freedom. If it doesn't for you, that's fine. You don't have to develop a thousand goals and think we're asking you to be like Tony Robbins, <laughs> Tony Robbins on this. Not at all. Yeah. But we just know that the beginning of a year is a great time. End of the year and the beginning of the year is time to reflect 
And it can be a good time to just press into a few things. Some of us may say, I've been wanting to do this for a long time. I've been wanting to you know, write a book or I've been wanting to um, really pursue, you know, deeper, better preaching. Well, how are you going to do that? I just want to be better at preaching. Well, maybe it's, I'm going to set a goal to listen to three great preachers in the next month. You know, I'm going to enroll auditing a online homiletics course. Yeah. You know, I'm going to read two books on preaching uh, in the next quarter, right? I'm going to have people evaluate my preaching and really say, here's what you did well. Here's where you can improve on. We should do an episode right? on that. That would be really interesting. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. But yes. No, you're right. Yeah. You're right. And 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 I use a preaching, teaching evaluation form that maybe we can use that as, yeah. a, as a resource. I believe you call yourself a so, feedback junkie. Is that yes, the word? Yes. Feedback is the breakfast of champions. <laughs> and uh, I do, I am a feedback junkie Other people are bringing that, out so. hives right now too. <laughs> <laughs> we can even talk about that. Yeah. I mean, it's not even easy to, to receive feedback, mm. but- it is crucial. Yeah. We absolutely, the only way we grow in emotional intelligence is when we have people that love us, that care about us, that want what's best for us, that can give us brutal, honest, mm. and loving, even stinging feedback yeah. uh, frequently. It's it's so interesting, Jared. When I think about you know this week for pastors, a lot of a lot of pastors I've spoken with over the years have have said things like, "Man, I just I feel like I'm I just feel like it's just I'm aimless. Like I'm not sure what I'm doing. Yeah, you know, like what's going yeah. on." And and I would almost bet if I asked them, "Well, what are your goals?" They'd be like, "Well, I don't. You know, to, to be faithful." It's like. That's that, yes, yes, but but like specifically, how does that play out? And it's funny because what, like, my journey of this, you know, a lot of this stuff happened even when I was, uh, I'm still finishing up my dissertation, almost finished. Yeah. Um, but a lot of this happened in that process. And what I learned is even setting the simplest goal is I'm going to get up every day and I'm going to, you know, uh, for me, the first goal that I set was I'm going to walk two miles every day. That's awesome. And the most amazing thing is, is that has snowballed. Like when you set one, it snowballs into all these other areas. And then you start thinking of your marriage differently. You start thinking of relationships differently. And it's not to throw all these, like these, these, these constrictors on it, but it just, it like, it, it opens it wide up. Yeah. And I think that's the gift of this time is like, you have this awkward week where probably no one's going to call you because they're (laughs) hanging out with family, having fun. Yeah. And so what if, what if we actually spend a few minutes and saying like, and even just taking that as a Lord, what Lord, if I could do one thing this year to grow as to, to grow in my calling, to grow in my craft, to grow in, 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 you know, as, as your creation, like what would those three things be? Yeah. And like, just, and then just to face figure out how do I do that specifically? I think that is so so, so important, especially as we think about a lot of pastors who struggle with like, yeah, I mean, we have to develop resilience. And I think one yeah. of the best ways to develop resilience is to be people who are eating the breakfast of champions of feedback and having yeah. goals and just realizing like, we don't have to be crazy about it, but it'll, it'll be, it just, it's like, 
it feels like death, but I think it's actually this beautiful freedom for some people. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, you know, Paul, the, the big pushback I often get, and I coach a lot of leaders through this, but a lot of people push back and say like, well, that's so secular. Like, that's not spiritual. Aren't we supposed to just submit to the spirit and let, it, let the spirit guide us? Yes, absolutely. But there's a balance in that. There's a healthy tension we should feel. So Paul talks about that, you know, I beat my body, you know, that it would follow Christ. And then he uses that metaphor in 1 Corinthians 9, I believe, you know, of a sports metaphor, right? Well, we don't just say like, go out there and try hard. Like, hope you win. I really yeah. hope I win the championship this yeah. year. Okay. Good yeah. luck with that. But you set goals. We're going to practice every day. I'm going to eat better. We're going to lift weights. We're going to train, right? Mm. So your team has goals that are working. So we're training our bodies physically. And, and Paul does say this, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding present holding true in the present life as well as in the life to come. So he says there's value in both. It has some value. Our ultimate value, obviously, is to honor the King, honor Christ in all that we do. But I find if I don't take care of my physical body, I really suffer in following Jesus. Mm. I'm sluggish. I'm tired. I'm overweight. I'm uh, irritable. Like I mentioned, I'm impatient. I'm I'm not full of hope and joy. And so for me, I've got to be thinking through these goals because this impacts how I care for people. It impacts how I love my family or don't. And so that's the big thing. People say, it's so unspiritual. Isn't it just in your own power? No, it's really not. I mean, it can be abused for sure, but all of this is so that Christ can be honored and glorified first and foremost. It's not saying, look what I did, look at me, look at all that I accomplished, but it's pushing me. I mean, even the goal you know, of uh, working with the Hall of Tyrannus, like, that has pushed my faith of that goal, which feels scary and overwhelming and big, and we're making progress, yay God, but that's pushing my faith in a way that my faith wouldn't be pushed if I didn't have that goal that I sense God had given me to work towards. And so I've got goals in that. I'm going to talk to X amount of people per month about that and invite them into that. I'm going to pray into that further about this. I'm going to tell people online about this opportunity. So all that to say, that can dovetail. It all comes back to the why right? It comes back to who and it comes back to why. Oh man. Right at the beginning. Yes. You yes. know? And so if it's not driven by a desire to love Jesus and have others learn to love Jesus, it's going to be skewed. It's going to be narcissistic and selfish, but that's why we need to make sure the sharp tip of the arrow is Jesus. I think the shaft of that arrow is cause. And then the feathers themselves are actually um, the specific goals mm. and all that has to line up or our arrows are going to just, they're just all over, not hit the target of seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness yeah. and everything else will fall into place. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I think, I think so much of what, of what you're speaking about, it reminds me. So my son is a wrestler and what I love is uh, he's a, he's a freshman. And so the coach a couple weeks ago when wrestling started said, Hey, you guys are going to take your lumps. You're going to get beat, but, if you stick with it, you're all going to be good wrestlers. You just got to put the work in. So Caleb had his first match. He wrestled a senior and this kid, he's Caleb said he had more muscles and more chest hair than I could even imagine. And he said, all <laughs> he had I, more muscles yeah, and places than yeah. Caleb had places. <laughs> yes. And Caleb goes, he's like, he's like, dad, all I remember is the, is the ref saying go. And I just then remember being on my back and just like, like trying to get out of something. I'm not even sure what happened. And then that was it. <laughs> and, but what I love about Caleb is, is the next day we were at church and, and uh, we, we meet at a boys and girls club. And before then he said, dad, I need to get stronger. 
And, uh, and, and I go, Oh, well, how do you think you do that? He's like, I think we need to lift. And he's like, can we lift tomorrow after church? And so what I love, it's, it's, it's been a few, it's been a, it's been, it'll be a week this upcoming Sunday. And what's been really cool is he is, he is committed to becoming a better wrestler. And it's not just, I'm going to be a better wrestler. It's like, and here's how. Yeah. And I think even in those moments, what I'm noticing is like, that is going to snowball for him in so many other places. And so I'm excited about the hard things that he's going to continue to do. And even realizing, man, I mean, maybe one of the biggest gifts we can, as pastors, we can give our congregants, the people that come to our church, like our the people who are there is even that just the gift of man, you want to grow in that? Well, when's the last time you read a book about that? Yeah. When's the last time you actually spent any time like seriously thinking about what would it look like to be a healthy you there? Yeah. And I just I don't think we are formed in that way. And that is such a spiritual thing for us to do. Yeah. I mean, think about it on a spiritual side, spiritual formation. If you said, okay, um, I have been told I'm not a very patient person. The fruit of the spirit is one of the, one of the fruit of the spirit is patience. So I want to grow in patience this year. Well, I think a New Year's resolution would say I'm going to be more patient this year. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I think a faulty and dangerous and setting ourselves up for failure posture would be like, well, I'm just going to grit my teeth and be more patient. <laughs> you know, let me know how that yeah. goes for you. Right. Yeah. That's not being empowered by the spirit. But if I'm opening myself up to allow access to give God more access to say, okay, Lord, um, there are three people in our church that exude patience. I'm going to sit down with them and I'm just going to encourage them and also say, what are some ways that you can teach me to grow? Can you mentor me in this? Will you pray for me in this? Some people I know that wanted to grow in patience um, would say um, they've memorized some key passages on patience so that it's washing over them as they drive or they're in the shower or on a walk or washing dishes. So scripture's embedded in what they're doing. Mentoring is embedded in what they're doing. They've even said that they've recruited three prayer partners to pray specifically Mm, for them, that they would grow in patience in the year ahead. So those are very spiritually formative things, but simply just saying, oh, I want to grow in patience. God help me. I think he's saying, "I, I will help you, but I've given you tools like scripture and people and prayer and other things that can help you in that moment. So that's where it is that balance between, you know, is it in our power? Not entirely, but we can't just cower in the corner in a fetal position and say, God, do something. That's not fair to him. Um, but I think we can't do it all on our our own power too. So it is that balance. Mm-hmm. There might be some bad theology in this, but I've always remembered this, that God has a hard time steering a parked car. And... Uh, you know, it is much easier when the car is out on the interstate, when God says, hey, I want you to take this exit for, for, for him to guide us in that way to take the exit. But if we're just in the back seat in the fetal position going, do something, God, he's like, turn the car on and start driving the car, right? I think that's yeah. where we can enter into those rhythms and those goals to say, God, I sense you're taking me somewhere. I'm going to enter into these goals all the while knowing that God has permission to interrupt those goals at any time. There have been times I've developed cards and goals on these cards that I've gotten six months in and said, I just don't think the Lord wants me to pursue this any further. It's It's time for me to drop it. And does that feel like a failure? No, it feels like grace, right? Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes it's, I don't know, then what are the goals? Okay, I'm going to wait until there are ones that I feel are grace-filled and pointed in the direction of what Jesus is asking me to do. But other times it's replaced with something bigger or different or totally surprises me. 
uh, or maybe it's just a shade or a tweak different than what I originally uh, had in mind. But uh, nonetheless, it, it is a goal-oriented opportunity that is done in concert with and in step with the Spirit. And I think that's the most important thing, finding that balance. I agree. And so JR is going to kick us out of here for 2019. Um, Monday morning, Pastor Crew, we're so grateful for you all. Uh, we are just thankful. Uh, it's been really neat to watch us grow over this season. And um, we're looking forward to, to many more, um, many more really good episodes coming up here in 2020. Uh, one thing that we would love to ask you, we feel kind of weird, but would this is the way it works. If you could please like rate us, leave a review, that really helps us out a ton. Um, and also we just, again, we thank you so much for the time that you've all invested into this. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really fun, Doug, on this year and looking forward to another great year with you. We'll put in the show notes. Uh, again, we'll put focus goals in there um, and what that acronym stands for and how you can utilize that. Um, and and again, we'll also put in the show notes Essentialism by Greg McCune or McCowan and uh, Deep Work by Cal Newport. The last resource we give you uh, as you end the year and begin a new one, uh, we would just invite you. One of the things that Doug and I are a part of is something called Kairos Partnerships. And we are here to equip and help hungry kingdom leaders. And if you're hungry and you want to develop these goals, we've got spots for coaching that are available. And if that's something you desire, reach out to us. Uh, you can find us kairospartnerships.org, K-A-I-R-O-S partnerships.org. And we've got an opportunity. Just send us a, an email. Uh, you can find us also on Twitter, but, but uh, send us an email and we'd be glad to talk to you about coaching if you're looking to develop some of these rhythms and some of these goals that Doug and I have spoken about. Um, but regardless, we're excited about the new year. And we just, as you enter this new year in a few days, remember there's no pressure. The pressure is off. And remember this, you don't have to boil the ocean in the first week of January. Just get a few things done by Thursday. Just get that ball rolling. Just begin to think about next Sunday and consider carving out a little bit of time to say, Lord, where have you show, uh, showed up, uh, shown up in 2019? And God, what do you have in store in 2020? And how might I develop some goals uh, that might honor you in, the, in the, um, the coming weeks and in the year ahead? So this has been a great privilege, as Doug said, and we bless you. We're grateful for you. We'd love to hear from you. And again, as Doug said, if you could rate uh, us on iTunes um, or Stitcher or whatever you're listening through, we would greatly, greatly appreciate that. Well, it's been great, pastors. We're grateful for you. We love you. And we bless you as we end 2019 and begin 2020. God bless and bless God. Have a great week and a great start to the new year.